Hello, and welcome to the Asian American Forward podcast. Um, I'm really excited today uh, because we are talking with Landy Chen, who is running for California controller. So we're back to doing California politics after a little break. Landy, thank you so much for making time for us this week. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Don. And Don, of course. Thank you, as usual, for joining me as my co-host and connecting us with our guest today. Um, I'm sure you're really busy landing you with um, campaigning and whatnot. So I'm going to jump right into it, um, which is that you have like a, a big political background. We've talked to a lot of candidates this year who are like first time kind yeah. of running, but you've been a part of Mitt Romney's um, team for a long time and have been like advisors to a lot of other Republican candidates. Um, so I'm wondering how your experience kind of behind the scenes, helping yeah. other candidates, how you, how you see that as helping you going forward, running for controller. And if you were elected, how you, um, would use that experience? Yeah, I, it's a great question, you know, because I think the, the interesting part of it, the, the first observation I'll make is that being an advisor, being behind the scenes is, is a very different experience from being a candidate. And I think the, the expectations of a candidate, what you are looked to in terms of for what you say and, and what you stand for and all those different things, you know, when you're an advisor, nobody really cares, right? Nobody really uh, looks at all those questions, but obviously as a candidate, people should and, and can expect to understand you and what you stand for and who you are. And so, so that's very different. For me, I think the experience I've had in public policy making in politics is a very helpful thing uh, to the campaign I'm running now and to my goal of being state controller. And the reason why is because I have an understanding of how things get done. You know, one of the toughest problems we have in our politics now is that politicians make all these big promises and then they go to Sacramento or go to Washington and wherever and they, and they don't deliver, they don't do it. And I think part of it is because they don't understand how the system works. They don't understand what it takes to accomplish the goals they want to accomplish. And so for me, I, I have a very realistic view of what needs to happen. So when I make promises about things I'm going to do, like bringing accountability and transparency to California's finances, I don't think it's an easy job, but I have a sense for what it's going to take to get it done. And I think that experience is going to be super helpful. You know, in some ways, Katie, I think it's also a little different because while I've had that experience in, in policymaking and politics, this is also going to be my first time running for office. It's going to be my first public office if I win. And so I also come in with a, with a perspective from the outside as well. So I'm trying to bring together the best of my experience in politics and policymaking with a fresh perspective on what it's going to take to get these things done. And hopefully those things together will, will not only make me successful as a candidate, but more importantly, as an office holder, doing the things that I'm promising people I'm going to do. Uh, Lang He, it's uh, we have been have a couple of coffee time together. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I have been supporting Asian candidate around the country, especially the, uh, in the past two years, support Andrew Yan. And a lot of people coming to me say, oh, it's uh, Lang He is a great guy. It's, you should support it. And even he's a Republican. But for me, so the, I don't have a party affiliations uh, at all. I just will try to support the most uh, qualified people with the highest integrity and intelligence. I see it's the, your background is 
based on both on the educational and also policy making. So I just wondering is the what you're thinking when you run for this particular position for California State Controller with a majority uh, voter in California is the Democratic Party and you yeah. coming out as the Republican. What's the winning chance and the winning path you design for yourself? Well, Don, I mean, look, I think uh, I, I am a Republican. I've been a Republican for you know my entire political life and background. Uh, and we can get into to why that is. Um, I don't think the Republican Party is perfect by any means. I think there's a lot of things that that need fixing in the party. I think there's a lot of things in our politics overall that need fixing. But the job of controller to me is not a particularly partisan job. There's no Republican way to be a controller. There's no Democratic way to be a controller. There's the California way to be a controller. And what does that mean? That means being an independent voice, being somebody who is, for people who are baseball fans, my son's a big baseball player, so I use baseball analogies a lot, is someone who's going to call balls and strikes, who's mm -hmm. going to say, listen, this politician or this office, they're doing something wrong. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. I'm going to tell them I think they're doing something wrong. And so how do I approach this position? I really approach this position as somebody who wants to bring checks and balances to Sacramento, who wants to bring an independent voice. And I think if you look at my background, Don, yes, I'm a Republican, but I've also been appointed to high office at the federal level by, by a Democratic president. So I've, I've served in administrations of both parties. Uh, I'm seen as someone, I think, primarily who solves problems. I am not going to go to Sacramento to be some partisan warrior. Uh, I, have, I have perspectives. I have points of view. And there's a reason why I have those perspectives and points of view. But what I want people to understand is that I think Californians overall are tired of the politics of one side screaming at the other side. I mean, this is my theory, right? I mean, we'll see if I'm right or not next November. I think what they want is a problem solver. I think what they want is someone who is going to go in with a perspective that is pretty independent and, and is not tied or beholden to everybody else in Sacramento. You know, we have a one party system in Sacramento, and we've had it for the last 15 years. And I think a lot of Californians say, okay, look, um, they, they may have particular views on issues, but at the end of the day, they just want stuff to work right. They want to look out and believe that the problems we face as a state are being solved. And that's really what my focus is. It's not on being, again, it's not on being the Republican office holder, or I, I would hope if it were a, a Democrat, their focus wouldn't be on being a Democratic office holder, that their focus would be on serving the people of the state. And, and that's really where my mind is at. And I think the winning formula for an election like the one I'm in is to help people understand, look, this is what I want to do. This is who I am. I'm not beholden to any interests on one side or the other, but I do have perspectives. I am going to be my own thinker and my own person when I'm in this office. And I think that's something that people will find effective. Um, Lindy, I want to back up a little bit because I love to get people's like personal stories about why they're interested in, in politics and in running for office, um, especially because there is so much this perception among that, that Asian Americans don't get involved in politics, but you clearly yeah. have been interested in electoral politics for a long time. You have a PhD in political science from Harvard. Your dissertation was about electoral politics. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about what got you thinking at, at 
clearly a younger age about politics and how you kind of view your involvement and your role in it. So, you know, I grew up in, in Southern California. I grew up near Los Angeles, uh, a child of the 1990s with all, all, all of what that meant growing up. You know, a lot of my friends, uh, you know, we were, uh, we were really into the Lakers. We were really into um, uh, hip hop and R&B music. Uh, we were, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was, I loved growing up in LA in, in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that made me different even then was um, I really believed that we could have uh, good change, good outcomes that we could help people through our political system. And one of my earliest memories actually was from even before that, my, my actually my first political memory was from the 1988 presidential campaign, which was Michael Dukakis, the former governor of Massachusetts against George H.W. Bush, the, yeah. uh, the, uh, the older Bush, um, in a debate that they had on national television during that campaign. And President Bush, or Vice President Bush then at the time, came on and talked about this vision of a kinder, more compassionate society, one where we would help our neighbor, and one where we would improve the condition of all Americans, not just some Americans. And that vision was really something that drew me to politics and drew me to believe that public service and being in a position to effectuate change in that way, um, that was something I wanted to do. And so it really got me engaged in politics from a, from a pretty early age. And as I grew up and I went through, uh, I, I continued to retain that interest. And I'll just say now, I think we're at a point where, um, you know, the, the um, many issues we see, there's a lot of problems we have in California and around the country. Uh, I've been really disturbed by, for example, some of the acts of hate that have been directed at Asian Americans in California and beyond. And, and from day one, I have always believed that the best way to address these problems is with real leadership in the public sector, dealing with and leading on some of these issues that we talk about. And so for me, at least, uh, with everything I've done in politics and policymaking, we've talked about that before, all the private sector experience I've had as well dur- during the years, I feel like this is the way I can best participate in uh, improving the condition, not just for Asian American Californians, but for all Californians, because I believe I've got a perspective on how to solve some of these problems. And that's the best way I know how to contribute. Um, I'm frustrated with what we're seeing in California right now. Life is not perfect here. As much as it, it looks perfect outside and we've got great weather and there are many things that are wonderful about California, there's a lot of things wrong with our state too. And the best way I know how to fix them is to seek this office and begin to make the changes we need to make. And, you know, I think that has made me different in, in the sense that I think I, I've always thought, you know, maybe I could have an impact, a bigger impact even than what I've been doing by writing and researching and participating in all these different things. And so I, I'm hopeful that this is a way I can contribute. Thank you. Uh, I respect your uh, political experience, and also it's. Uh, uh, I've been working with Andrew, similar background as you are. Is uh, you are never host a public office, but to jump in to run the office, and uh, that's going to bring in the new perspective without too much related to the establishment. The the uh, my question is a very very. Actually, it's recently we just have a recall for the Governor Newsom. And I think it's a turnout is pretty high. 
but uh, uh, Newsom is stay in the governor governor position. So what's the message you can get during the entire the, the recall process? The people say this is a Republican conspiracy, but from your side, do you have any other explanation or you can see some trend or anything the signal can help your campaign for the next year? Yeah. Special elections like the recall we just had are, are weird. They're just weird. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're hard to, you know, one of the things I, I heard a lot of yesterday was, well, what does this mean for next year? What does this mean for all these different things? And what I say is, you know, I don't know really what it means. I, I know what happened in this election, which basically took place over five to six weeks, where the side that wanted to keep Governor Newsom in office had many, many more resources than the side that wanted to get him out. I mean, Governor Newsom and his campaign team had something like 50 or $60 million compared to you know $10 million. So it, it's just really hard for me to sit here and say, well, here are the three big takeaways for California and national politics. I would just say it was a weird election and we had it and it's over now. Um, but what I would go back to, Don, is this. Um, the fact that Gavin Newsom had to even go through a recall election suggests that all is not well in California, however you want to read into it, okay? And some people are angrier than others, and that's fine, but I don't think you will talk to any Californian, Democrat, Independent, or Republican, who, will be, who can look at you in the eye and say with honesty, everything's perfect here, because everything isn't perfect here. And, and my point is, instead of demagoguing or blaming other people? Why don't we just solve some of the problems that we have, right? Why don't we just go and say, okay, we got a, we got a homeless issue in California, okay? The, the fact that you've got homeless encampments in major parts of major cities in California probably isn't the best thing, okay? So how do we solve that? We're spending a lot of money on it. We're spending, you know, 10 to $20 billion a year, state and local on it. Problem's not getting any better. So, you know, my view is, Let's take the politics out of it for a minute and let's go solve the problem. So I think if anything, what the recall, and, and I'll just end by saying this, what the recall tells me is that we do have problems in California. We need to go out and solve those problems. And um, people may want to change, but they don't want like night to day. <laughs> they, want, they want change that comes in steps and understanding here are, the, here are the ways, I'm gonna to explain to people in my campaign, here are the ways that I want to improve lives for people in California. And we're gonna do it one step at a time. And I think explaining that and helping people understand that is gonna be crucially important. But you know, again, I'll just say recalls are weird. The whole process is weird. And you know, I, 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 I'm not gonna try and, and explain that to some bigger trend because I just think it was kind of a, a moment in time in a lot of ways. It's spoken like a true political science professor. Like, I'm not going to extrapolate on this, like, small sample size. Very small. Um, it's a small, what we call a small end problem in, yeah, in, yeah. in, in social science. <laughs> That's a very classic social science answer. But I do want to dig in a little bit on um, kind of keeps coming up, like, that, that there are clearly this recall is a sign that there are issues in California that sort of run deeper than just Gavin Newsom or, or one special election. So I'm curious um, for you, if you were like, you know, we're skipping to November and the election happens, it's your first day as controller. What's like the very first thing that you're going for? 
Well, boy, that's tough. I guess a lot of things I want to do. And I'm, I'm kind of by nature, as you could tell, I'm a pretty, you know, I'm pretty energetic when it comes to these things. <laughs> I think the most important thing is to set the tone on the first day and help people who it's a huge office. First of all, I mean, there, there it, it's a massive, the controller's office has so many people who are there working to help the people of the state of California every day. And it's about setting a tone that basically says we are here to serve the people. And the best way we can do that is by making sure people understand how the state's money is being spent. And so one of the first things I'd love to do is we've been working on this project for several years now to bring transparency to our fiscal uh, state of being in California to, to give people a sense of how the state is spending money. And what I would love to do is let's actually get that project done, but get it done in a way where people can actually go and figure out what's happening. So I think that transparency portal, giving people a sense of, exactly how their dollars are being spent. That'd be a great first project for us to really sink our teeth into. And then secondly, I would say, let's get aggressive and let's really go and figure out where agencies are spending money. How are they solving problems or not solving problems? And let's report that back to the people so we can make some changes. Um, the, the ability of the controller to be an independent voice. Remember the controller doesn't work for the governor he or she doesn't work for the legislature, doesn't work for the courts, doesn't work for anybody but the people. That is a remarkably great position to be in to solve problems. And so I just want to go in and, and remind people on day one who work in that office, but also people across the state, we're here to solve problems. We're not here to do politics. We're not here to help other politicians get ahead. We're not here to, get, here to help me get ahead. We're here to make sure that we solve problems. And that mindset is what we're going to go to work with every day. Yeah, I remember the uh, previous, uh, there has a one controller, he's a whole governor's check. <laughs> so that's the, the function you are going to do. And also it's, the, I think it's uh, during the pandemic, there's the, some mishandling of the PPE money. So it's the, I just wondering, it's a, uh, I know you have a legal background, a lawyer background, and what's your relationship with a future attorney? If you elected, what's the relationship with the attorney general to prosecute some, uh, some government agency mishandling or it's even criminal uh, behavior? What's the, your yeah. thought on that part? Yeah, well, we're, you know, we're going to do, if I'm controller, we're going to provide all the information necessary so that law enforcement can do its job. If, if there is a way of working together, look, I'm, I'm happy to work together with anybody. I don't care if they're a Republican, a Democrat, if they're from Mars, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna work with people who wanna solve problems. And, and if we can find information that's gonna help prosecute, I'll give you one example, Don. You, you mentioned um, uh, misuse of, of funds. We already know that the unemployment insurance program in California is very broken, a program called EDD. Uh, that program, uh, because of how it was handled during the pandemic resulted in as much as $30 billion of fraud perpetrated against California taxpayers. Uh, we're going to go after people who try to defraud citizens of this of, of, of California. I mean, taxpayers of California, we're, we're going to go after them. And so as controller, I will do everything I can to make sure all the information is made available to law enforcement. So they need to do their jobs. And, and, and then I will happily hand them a package and say, go prosecute, because I understand it's not the controller's job to prosecute them. It's law enforcement's job. So we're going to hand that over and we're going to work together in that way. But I, I want to make clear, I don't work together or not work together with someone based on their politics. I got plenty of Democrats who are, who are good friends of mine and I've worked with over the years and, and they will attest to this certainly during this campaign, but after they will attest, 
that I am somebody who is about working together to get things done. I'm not about the partisanship and the, I only work with Republicans because that's who I know. It's never been who I am. And we're going to work together to, to get things done. I'll have a last question uh, before Katie jump in to wrap up our interview. It's, uh, my question is about the money. It's about the campaign's money. I just wondering, it's the, you know, it's every politician and always a candidate. The most the fundamental base is the, uh, they have to raise money. So I just wondering, it's the, what's the, your uh, plan or it's the message you deliver to the people or to the donor? What's the message you can give an elevator pitch that people to give you money? Yeah. Well, Don, I, I deliver the same message to everyone. I don't care if it's a donor or a grassroots activist or a everyday Californian just trying to make ends meet. It's the same message, which is if you believe in accountability in your government, you believe in transparency, you believe it's time for someone to go to Sacramento and be a check on everybody else and to work for you, not for the establishment or not for them, then I'm your guy. And I think that message that I just gave right there, that when people hear that, nine times out of 10, they say, yeah, I want to sign up for that. And you know we've had success as a campaign so far, building the infrastructure, we need to be successful. We've done well raising money. I hope we can continue to resonate with people who are investing in this campaign, whether they're investing $5,000 or $5. To me, it's, it's the important thing is they understand this is what I want to do. And it's the same message. I'm not changing my message based on who I'm talking to. You can ask people, it's the same message I'm giving everybody. And I think that's what it takes. I think people are sick of politicians who just say whatever they need to say in different audiences, right? Like, uh, I'm going to say the same thing in this podcast as I would to a Republican podcast or a Democratic podcast or whatever. It's people want things done. They just want things done, all right? Just like go and do the job that, that we want you to do. And that's really what I'm going to be focused on. And I think that's a message that's going to resonate. Um, I want to ask one more question before we let you go, which is you clearly are someone who has a, like a deep interest in, in good governance and bipartisanship. That's really like kind of the center of your campaign, I would say. At the same time, um, you're a lifelong Republican, which is, I think, in the time that we have like about a year that we've been doing this podcast, um, we have only spoken to you know, we only interview Asian American candidates. We've spoken to one other um, candidate who identifies as a Republican. Interestingly, he was also running for, I believe, a position that's nonpartisan. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering just uh, what, what attracts you to like holding on to that political identity, even when it sometimes feels so contrary yeah. to at least conceptions of, of Asian Americans. Yeah, I mean, Katie, I think I would say, first of all, it would be inauthentic of me to change my affiliation to run for office, right? I mean, I, I, I am who I am. And, you know, we're all flawed people in our own way. I admit that. And I think, you know, however you want to see the Republican brand or label, you know, it's, it's part of who I am. So, you know, I, I want to be honest with people about who I am. Um, I would say there's two other things to this. One is, um, you know, I grew up at a time when the Republican Party stood for things like um, responsibility and freedom and uh, having a government that would work within its means, but also work for people. And those are things that are, are values I still believe in. And I, and I would love for the Republican Party to be associated with those things anymore. Uh, again, love to be associated with those mm -hmm. things again. Um, I also think I have some role to play in where the Republican Party goes from here. 
And I believe in a party that is driven by principle and service, not by personality. Uh, I do not believe that a personality-driven movement, whether on the right or the left, is healthy for our democracy and our country. And so the best way I know how to influence a conversation within the Republican Party is to run as a Republican. And I know that puts me at some electoral disadvantage in a state like California, but I'm going to go out there and make the case and do the best I can and influence the conversation the best way I know how. And we're going to give this a try and see if we can convince people that having an independent voice but somebody who, who is a Republican, but understands that I can bring advantages that come with having a different partisan affiliation, that people will recognize that I'm not going to give them a free pass because it's mm -hmm. in my political interest to do so. Um, I think Californians are, are going to recognize that it's good to have a check and balance in Sacramento. And, um, and, and we're going to do the best we can. But I, I, it's a fair question. It's, a, it's a, in California, we just saw it in the recall, uh, the Republican brand and what it means to be a Republican are challenging in California right now. I think anybody being honest should should admit that. But but again, I think part of what I can do is to give people a sense of the the diversity within the Republican Party, but also hopefully a different vision for what Republicans can be in this state. And and if if we get there, then I will have uh, at least in part been able to do one of the things I wanted to do in this campaign. Well, we'll certainly be uh, keeping an eye on the campaign to see how it goes and see how that, I'm personally interested to see how that message resonates with California voters. So we'll end it there. Um, Lynn He, thank you so much for making time for us. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Don. Thank you. <laughs>